Everyone knows therapy is great for solving problems, but getting therapy has its own problems too, like finding the right therapist, fitting into their schedule, and of course, the cost. Well, BetterHelp can solve those problems. It's totally online and built around your schedule. It's surprisingly affordable too. Connect with a credentialed therapist by phone, video, or online chat, all from the comfort of your home. Visit betterhelp.com to learn more and save 10% on your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P. I'll take you for a ride on the devil's ship. I'll take you for a ride when you sink or swim. Now come with me and let this story begin. Alex, welcome back from Russia. Thank you, Pantelis. Yeah, I start that shit serious. I, yeah. I, I'm, I'm testing the waters here. I don't know what you Soviet fucks are up to. Well, I'm a serious kind of guy, regardless right. where I'm yeah. from. You know, you're you're not a kidder. Of, well, people can't see it on camera. We're gonna show a picture later, just so they can see the difference of how much taller you are than either me or Poseidon. And we're going to take a picture together. Yeah, you were part of that USSR program where you guys 100%. were cheating. You were cheating because you were 100%. giving horse tranquilizers. Hundred percent. Or or Chernobyl. Yeah, maybe. You're a product of Chernobyl. You're a giant, Alex. Uh, you're a good dude. I've known you for a while. You're into the wrestling. You're into the comedy. You're into all that stuff. However, you're here for a very important reason. Yes. You just came back from Russia. Yes. A no-go zone as far as what the media is telling me. I want to know, what is the media there saying about this war? What's happened? It's like more no-go-out zone at this point. What's, what's going on there? Well, let me start from the beginning. I got there to visit my parents and... A good excuse, yeah. Yeah, ex- well, I'm that's why I tell them. That's why yeah. I tell them at the border. Anyway, I had some uh, entertainment interest there as well. But in February, when everything went down, the first thing that uh, uh, British and uh, Europe did is ban Russian airlines to fly over. And I had a ticket to fly back on February 26th, so I got sanctioned. A few weeks later, the sanction all the credit cards and Visa cards and everything else. So I physically get stuck in there. So oh, you just—they made you broke. They made me broke. Yeah. So I had to f- like get a job. I had to like become Poseidon <laughs> and get a, and trying to uh, score some points on the corner and uh, make oh, my yeah. way back. So it took Poseidon's few months. Poseidon's a hustler. Well, he is, but yeah. Poseidon, I feel your pain because it took me a few months to get where you at now. And uh, yeah, it was an interesting um, ordeal because I got to observe. You know, because I keep track of things on all ends of the world. I instantly got a VPN because things stopped working. Like, so if you want to use uh, your, like, uh, bank accounts or access to Western You need to be somewhere else IP-wise. Yeah, and the same thing for the Russian uh, websites. Like, so if you want to use it. So you need to have two kinds of VPN type of thing to be able to function. It's so stupid. Well, it is what it is, and we can get into political aspect of that, what I feel that is. But you're right, uh, in terms of information, it's definitely, uh, it's hard to believe what's shown to you on TV on the other side. Uh, um, is it completely different? A hundred percent, hundred percent. And I'll tell you more, like, you like conspiracy theories? I uh, love them. I don't want to call them conspiracy theories because everything I'm going to tell you is from my experience. So it's not a conspiracy. That's what I've experienced. So it's a fact that I'll portray. You you can't believe me or not. That's your choice. On the way to Russia, I flew Air Canada into Europe, some German German city. I don't even remember which one, Frankfurt or something. And I had to catch another plane into Moscow. There was already Canadian military flying like you know they tr- fly on the civilian flights yeah. into Europe 
into the Baltic states, getting ready for the conflict. So it's not something that happened like spontaneous, like, oh, Russian build the masses there. No, they knew that something was brewing way before it actually happened. So they knew because the Russians were bad at keeping secrets? Uh, I, if we play the game Russian versus the world, yeah. then we fall into the same trap, divide and conquer. Oh, I'm not even, I'm just saying, how did they know? Was it, were they trying to provoke the Russians or were they like, okay, the Russians are moving? I'm going to be controversial. I don't, I don't think there's a difference. I think there's like, it's all, I think it's all uh, part of the same game. Like, you know, it's like, oh, Putin's bad. No, you know, the Americans are bad. Oh, they're all no, bad. They all, so the idea is, yeah, they play, like, is a really simple fact. Like, if you think it, it, it's, let's first of all, let's face it. If you want to talk in conventional terms, it's World War Three. Yeah. Because everyone's at war everyone's right now, whether war. it's economic or physical, yeah, it, it's we're something's all fighting. Going, yeah, it's yeah. The, everybody's fighting. So, but the idea is if Russia truly in the war for the survival, because that's what the Russian statement is, the Russia doesn't see world without Russia. So it's basically saying either you got, let's let all get along. Or I'm going to kill everyone. Or we kill everyone. But, Isn't that a scary thing to tell people? Well, it's, it is, but it's also like lots of people knew that I was in Moscow at the time and all of them called me and said, you got to go home. You got to go home. What are you doing? You know, isn't it? And to be fair, in Moscow, you don't feel any of the war sentiment. Like I'm sure if I was in Kiev or anywhere in Ukrainian area where there's bombing actively going on, then I would feel threatened and scared. But, but how do you feel, just side note, about the Ukrainians? Because before the war, when I would speak to Ukrainians or Russians, this animosity, I guess, had kind of died down. They were, even though there was, um, I think, Crimea a little while ago, it was still kind of, nah, you know, we share a history, we're trying to be civil. And then now it's, it's, it's like it's turned the other way. It's like, fuck these people. No, fuck those people. And Well, because it's a hot subject. It's yeah. a hot potato that you see on TV all day long. You know, it's... A, whether you, cho you choose to look at Telegram or YouTube or uh, in legacy media, it's all uh, propaganda sources, regardless of which side. So you're trying to fight. So it's really hot, right? So like they try But how do the regular people feel? I have do Russians have want war? Well, no, nobody wants war. That's, that's so it. So lots of, again, there's, there's people and there's people. It doesn't matter where you are, in which yeah. part of the world, there's always going to be a person, a bad apple, so to speak, right? So there's a... Uh, it's not like the whole Russia rises up. It's like, let's go kill Ukraine. It's not like the whole Ukraine gets yeah. up. And it's like, no, we hate all Russians. Yeah. But there's elements that got in, in, into the game for whatever reason. And, you know, the sad part is you, you see kids being brainwashed on both sides as well. But uh, I have Ukrainian friends. I even have uh, my acting coaches from Ukraine. <laughs> you know, like there's, uh, I was just in New Zealand um, last year on filming on, I can I can pitch that right. I can say that. Do whatever you want. Yeah. I, I was uh, working on Lord of the Rings, the the series. I can't really talk about that because you know it's still under NDA. But yeah, I could. I'm gonna throw a just a bet out there that it's gonna be a terrible series. I you know I can't even comment. I just thought Don't about it anything. for a second. I can't Don't even comment. I can't Don't even comment. And I want it to be good, but I have suspicions that it's gonna be shit. Ah. Uh, that's it. Uh, let's keep talking about the let's Russians and the Ukrainians. I'm not going to get you fired now. Yeah. By the way, that's what the Ukrainians, that's the derogatory term for Russians, they call them orcs. Orcs? <laughs> yeah. I like that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So that's what? I what? call. I like, oh, like I, if we start using those terms, I refer to like hideous people as goblins. 
Yeah, well, that's the, the, yeah, like the, that. But it's the dehumanization, right? So, like, they, they're trying to dehumanize. So, like, your enemy isn't a human. Like, if you look at the old Soviet era uh, type of World War II posters. Oh, or, yeah. Remember the Jewish posters of the, the Germans yeah, who put on? Exactly. They crazy. Same yeah. idea. Dehumanizes the person. So, yeah. like, uh, this is kind of falls along the side. But, like, we... I have lots of Ukrainian friends. Actually, lots of my Ukrainian friends from Ukraine happen to come to Moscow and Russia to escape the war. So, like, and obviously, um, nobody wants death. Nobody wants this. Yeah. But the thing is, it's um, what the political focus is, is on the divide. They're trying to, not to say Ukrainian people are bad. No, it's like Ukrainian people are good but they're being used by the West to do the beating of the West. That's the Russian message. Okay, but here's my question. Let's say that's the yeah. Russian message. I believe that that is the Russian message. But the people that are suffering, the people that are getting killed are not the Westerners. There's going to be the Ukrainian of people. Course, of so course. They're the ones that are eating of it. Of course, and Russians don't want that because now the Russian soldiers are dying too. And there's no winners in the conflict. Mm. Regardless, of yeah. the, the people are the ones who are suffering. Here, here's the fact that, okay, so if, it's, if Russia is truly at war, and this is like me not being against Russia or, but just a question. Why is Russia, if we, it's a World War III thing, like you said, it's economic, it's sanctions and all this stuff. Why is Russia still, and Russia basically straight up saying the whole West is our enemy yeah. because you're supplying the weapons, you're supplying the intelligence, the mercenaries are there, blah, blah, blah. Uh, NATO on the borders. But why is the Russia then selling energy to the enemy? To the Europeans, yeah. I, I thought the same thing. I, I, what's I, the, I brought like, that so up. If yeah. you, so, if at any point you're going to focus and say, "Oh, it's the Russians' fault," it's the Westerners' world. No, we, like the way I see it is like, if it was truly a, a genuine war, an honest war, which is horrible to describe, war, yeah, right? yeah. why would you supply? Like it's you're actually, the people that are threatening you, why would you supply, why would them, supply with the energy, them with energy to, to threaten you? To threaten you? Yeah, makes no sense, right? So I guess uh, it's the the way I see it, the way I see it, again, to conspiracy, we just went through two years of COVID, right? What did COVID do? COVID destroyed the disseminated economy everywhere in the world, regardless yeah. how you look at it. It disseminated. What else it did? You know, it raised prices of gas in Quebec. It's now $2 a liter, which is expensive. So middle class is suffering because, you know, produce is up, your cost of living is up. Most people still make the same amount of money. Yeah. Your salary but everything up. else is but going up. up. So the middle class is going down. COVID is over for whatever reason, right? Most places like Canada is the last one to catch up <laughs> for yeah. whatever reason. But uh, I just traveled for Europe. There's no more masks. There's no more restrictions. Nothing like, nothing. I just been, spent the week in London. Yeah. Nothing. Not even the hint of COVID. And I don't mean COVID like a disease, but a COVID in terms of reactions, reactions of people, to yeah. people. Uh, but for some reason, it feels like it didn't finish to complete the job. Right? So, now like, well, let's, let's, let's hit him let's hit him with something else let's continue to destroy the economy because the first thing they did like yeah we we're killing people we killed people throughout the ages but let's continue to kill people but let's also continue to shift the wealth right so the middle class continues to die out because like here's the interesting thing um i haven't been in russia in well, I've been away, like my family immigrated to Canada in 95. I was 16 years old. I'm 43 now. I will be 43 in a month. And I've been to Russia, man, a handful of times, maybe for one week at a time, max, maybe four or five times. Uh, I 
in in the beginning when I played basketball for the Russian national team, I came maybe two or three times. Um, and then I came to visit my family twice since then, quite literally. That was my third time. And I came to visit maybe like for four or five weeks. And I would change the ticket every time because I couldn't believe how much the country changed and how much better it is from my perception and understanding what I thought it would be. And but when you came, it was so much, cl- when you came to Canada, you were it was so ba- close ca- to the Iron Curtain falling. It was still at that yeah, yeah, yeah. precipice. It was still like Moscow in the 90s is basically South Philadelphia right now. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but, you know, uh, but a uh, bad example, maybe South Chicago. <laughs> bad example, but it's uh, it, it was bad. It was lawless, you know, it was just uh, Wild Wild West. And, mm-hmm. um, um, but I'm not even, I'm talking about a, in terms of quality of living. There's negative things that I noticed in Moscow, but in terms of overall wealth that you experience right away, the moment you step foot into Moscow, I haven't been in the rest of the country much. I just, you know, kind of a little bit outside. So I, can't, I, cannot, I cannot judge, obviously, you cannot judge the rest of you, North America, by visiting Toronto or New York yeah, yeah. or LA. You cannot do that. We have Laval also. <laughs> <laughs> we have Laval also. Uh, but it was interesting... Uh, to see that uh, Russian people are wealthy, and I would say per capita Moscow people. Moscow people are wealthier than uh, most of the people I experienced in recent years in terms of their possession. Like physically, you know, most people own... Uh, car. car no, no, like I'm talking about like substantial ownership, like real estate, house, like house, apartment, triple apartment, like, you know, rental properties, outright own it, not even mortgage. I'm talking about outright own it, more than one property. And everybody has a car. Everybody has a really nice job. All kids have high educations. Uh, everybody travels outside for leisure, vacations, and investments across the world. That's a know? drastic difference from the Russia that the 90s left. Exactly. Yeah. But it, but even quality of life itself in terms of like, uh, you know, you have maybe 24-hour depreneur running around the corner. There, there's a huge supermarket that's literally on the corner. The same thing. Yeah. Uh, everything accessible anytime. Same deliveries. I, I've seen robots delivering food on the streets to your houses like this future is already there there's also things like uh it's like a mix of the u.s japan and china yeah it's it's pretty interesting because there's like a, the facial recognition technology is there too already uh i hate that stuff i hate that stuff too but like it scares you because you can walk into the metro without pain because it just scans your face you can walk into the grocery store it just scans your face and you walk out with you it'll charge you it'll charge you it's crazy. So it's I, crazy. I have one. This brings yeah. up a question that I've had for a while. I guess I could ask you, because it's so advanced. They've worked so hard. They he, Putin reshaped Russia. Why risk it all? Why risk the safety now with this? That's what I don't get. Well, it's to, to, it's going back to the same thing. Is it like is Putin really like? Is it part of the same issue? Like, is it, you know, like the new topic is WF here in Canada. Like most of the uh, government here. The World Economic Forum. Oh, here they're bought and paid for. I know that. Yeah, exactly. So apparently Putin is also was a member of that back in the 90s or 2000s, etc. I don't know exactly. Uh, So you think he's influenced? Well, the idea is, is like to like Putin maybe also just upon the game in terms of uh, destroying the middle class and shifting the wealth into the upper echelons and making lower and everybody's because middle class is the one that can compete with upper echelons. Yeah. So it's not the poor people at the bottom. You know? But if you get rid of the middle class, so you're all poor. Of, so you're all there's poor. two classes. So there's two classes. Peasants? So 
And the elites. And the, and the elites. So it's going back to the same thing. Uh, the thing is, like, uh, Russian people went for that during Soviet Union. So they recognize that that's really fresh. That's really fresh to them. Is it frightening to them now when they see the, the writing on the wall? Yes and no, because, like, it's been 30 years, you know, like, the older people already, they don't have energy to fight it or they died <laughs> quite literally in the new generation so but there's still generations of people like myself who grew up during soviet union and like i still remember certain things from educational system for example like i don't i remember good things i remember good things about Soviet Union. we can talk about that but i the negative things um you know in terms of i can see like a lot of stuff that uh so, you know russia escaped when the soviet union fell, fell apart from I see a lot of stuff now happening in the Western world, Canada specifically. Like? Know, authoritarianism. Like, we tell you what to think. We'll tell you what to eat. We'll tell you what to do. How are you going to work? Like, uh, like, basically, your agency, your freedom of choice is taken away. You have to be part. You have to toe the party line, regardless what the party <laughs> line is, or you're the enemy. That's what I see happening in the Western world right now. It's not just in Canada; it's in yeah, US, the U.S., in the U.K., in some European countries as well. I've no, I've noticed it too. I don't have the reference. I didn't live through Soviet eras. I didn't. Uh, I grew up. I was born in Montreal, mm -hmm. so my reference is just the United States of America and Quebec. And I feel, and I could, I know that it's a completely different place right now in terms of freedom. In terms of freedom, people used to be very much closer to that American ideology of live and let live. Mm -hmm. And not anymore. Now it's do as I say and, oh, you're the enemy because you think different. And it's changed the last three years. Um, and it's no, it's palpable. I could find videos of how we used to speak mm -hmm. five, ten years ago. And now, and you see that everyone's on edge. They're like, oh, what if, you know, I say this and this guy's against that. Then he's going to make me the enemy when debates used to be just part of everyday life. We could disagree and then continue. Go have but a what's worse is, But what's worse is, it's, you're not just enemy. Okay. We may disagree with each other. We may not like each other. We not speak with each other. Like, oh, I, I don't like Pantelis. Me and him get into actual fights, like actual, we argue this and that. And then we'll go eat and hang out and make fun of people. And it's, you know, it ends there. We have disagreements. We don't agree on it. Repercussion now, if uh, they can, what are they called? Doxing, right? They can yeah, find yeah, yeah. That's you on what I'm saying. Now it's crazy. You can lose your job. You can lose your, well, look what happened in Ottawa this winter. They, that's how they attack people. They, they froze their bank accounts. Another insanity. I'm still not over that. I'm not going to forget that, that the government did that, and then that people voted that Liberal Party members, even from Montreal, voted to give the government that much power, and then two days later the government's like, "All right, this is too much. We don't need it. We'll peel it back." But you guys voted for it, so it's cool. I'm never going to forget all the people that voted against democracy. All those politicians. I still have the list. Remember the list beside that I had made of all of them that voted for that. I'm never going. These people are never getting my vote. Well, that's one of the. That's one of the things that reminiscent of Soviet Union, right? Like we, as a kid, like, listen to this, as a kid growing up, we had this, you know, like speaking of propaganda and like we started a conversation with like how the people are, like why, how do people got in the mix? Why do people hate each other in the world in general? Specific example, uh, Ukraine, Russia. Well, because they're taught to do so. If we are taught to, and I'm not trying to be a hippie, but if we are taught to be loving towards each other, yeah. be kind and thoughtful, that's the message that we're going to project onto the society, onto the world. But we are uh, actually brainwashed into hating each other. Is, uh, do the Russians view the Ukrainians as a threat under Zelensky? No. 
No, right? right? It's not like you're walking on the street and like... The uh, Ukrainians are coming. Ukraine, no. What you see is... So how do they justify sending more soldiers right now? That's why... Because young Russian kids are dying, right? How of do you course. justify that when it's not a real threat? Uh, it's not a real threat. I don't... See, that's, that's why it's so hard to comment on this. I can't because um, anything to do with the military activity... On the it's Russian completely side, independent. It, no, it's not so independent. It's secretive. Ah, okay. So they don't really they, divulge. They, they don't discuss it. They they this they discuss a political message. They discuss economical implications. Uh, they discuss NATO. They discuss Western world. They discuss all that stuff. European Union, but they don't really tell you. Okay, we're going to send this many troops there. We're going to do this. Uh, you know, we're going to attack you. None of that is. Uh, you know, it's being under lock because uh, you know it's a military secret so the russians can't say oh well this is unjustifiable because uh, as far as they know nobody it really might be nobody really knows what's going on really like you, they give you the news i'll break this many kill this many we blow up that many things we're doing this for that um, yeah. but it's post fact nothing happened n nothing is told ahead of time like we're gonna do this or this is being done yeah you already get the news after something already and then people could react to what already have happened, right? But the message is clear. Uh, Putin isn't going to stop till he completes his agenda, whatever that agenda is. We, but we don't know what the agenda is. Well, that's what I'm saying. Uh, on one end, the agenda is uh, to stop the evil that's coming from the West. It's not going to, you could take over all of Ukraine. That's not going to stop. But uh, why are you selling them gas then? Yeah. Like how how do you how do you stop the evil? You know, what they're doing. One of the uh, uh, strategies right now, they're trying to minimize the casualties on both sides. So uh, Russians are uh, aiming at infrastructure. So they're blowing up the uh, oil depots and uh, um, what are they called? The electric generator stations. But who's that going to hurt apart from regular Ukrainians? That's what I don't well, get. How's that going to hurt uh, Klaus Schwab or whatever? Well, exactly. It's, well, it, in strategic ways, it affects the um, uh, infrastructure, right? So they cannot deliver the supplies and support to the front lines type of thing. Yeah. Uh, but again, you're right. Uh, the whole idea is this area is being rebuilt, destructed. And guess what's going to happen afterwards? It's going to be divided between interests. Western interest, interest, Russian interest, and then somebody's going to go in there, rebuild the industries. Get paid to get rebuild paid, everything. Could pay, but, also like somebody's going, but also somebody's going to own those industries. Like Iraq. Like Iraq. It's the same story. So they're just uh, shifting the subject. And now it's a hot subject. You know, like let's focus on uh, World War Three, because as we now start to discover the things that happened with COVID won't necessarily kosher. Like we'll use example as UK. Like no conspiracy theory. Yeah. When Boris Johnson told everybody you cannot do anything, you cannot visit your sick sick relatives, you cannot go see your friends. You know, they had parties, <laughs> like yeah. literally every Friday, yeah, one yeah, parties. Yeah, I heard. So, and uh, the moment he gets discovered, he removes all the restrictions and all this other stuff. And then other so things. So that are, already shows you that what they were telling you and what was actually happening was two different things, but they still made everyone fear, like they did here with the, uh, I don't know if you heard what happened here with Legault, they had um, set up curfews. And the last curfew was completely unjustified and it came at a weird time and it mm -hmm. affected everyone. So they asked them to release documents on why'd you do this, right? Since there's no science backing you. Mm -hmm. And I think the document came out last week and it was all blacked out. So it's like, yeah, this is the reason why, but they're not disclosing because they don't have a valid reason. So everywhere, it's not just in the UK, everywhere they've been pulling a lot of shit because of COVID. 
Like uh, they're doing a lot of illegal things that go against the charter, things that go against the constitution in, in the states in a lot of places when they're forcing people mm-hmm. to not be able to go to work because mm-hmm. they weren't. There's all kinds of laws that were broken, and we all went with it. The majority of people went with it, and that's uh, what I noticed here. So I just traveled from Moscow. I took a. You want me to tell you about that? Of course. Uh, so we jump in all over place, but yeah. uh, the subject uh, is going back to like we allowed to do this. So I'll I'll explain how yeah, I yeah. get to this point. I um, so I couldn't fly. I mean, I could have flied because I was supposed to go to London to visit my friends and uh, I meet my wife and uh, had a beautiful, wonderful time. And before coming to Canada, I haven't seen my wife in a few months, so it was like a vacation kind of thing. And London is wonderful this time of the year i recommend nowadays with no covid restrictions beautiful it was i I had a good time i i had a good time um i'll tell you more about that trip but when i traveled i was like well i can fly to turkey that was an option or like bahrain or egypt and then catch a flight back to london which is kind of halfway across the world and like i'm I'm seven feet tall. The plane is not a happy place for me. It's not for me. I can't imagine what you go through. <laughs> uh, and I documented it. You, you, you shared the links. I didn't. I haven't posted it yet because there's so much footage. I just got to sip through it. I'm going to edit it. And my friend Val is going to help me do this. It's, it's going to be fun. Yeah, I mean, I'll share it. Send it over. I'd, I'd love to come back for that another for sure. time. And we'll, yeah. we'll discuss that. Just that alone. But... Um, I was like, I'm not doing this. So I took a night train to Belarus, right? Belarusia to Minsk. I took a night train overnight and then I took a bus straight to the Vilnius airport. So that's already two borders. And from Vilnius airport, uh, they have those low coaster airlines that I could catch a uh, Ryanair yeah, yeah, those into ones. London, right? That's, that's a whole different story. That's a, um, that's in a, that's a thing. And you can see like different jurisdictions, like in Russia, there's no restrictions. There's no masks, there's no QR codes. There's nothing, right? No social distancing. Um, there's a, uh, uh, when you get to Lithuania, they did ask, uh, and Belarus also, when you cross the border on the train at night, they didn't even come in to check. I mean, but you do give them your passport number before you land the train, so they know who's on the train, so they um, they may check you, but they didn't. Okay. Um, uh, in Lithuania, I went by bus, so you cross the Belarusian border again, and then you go cross-check Lithuanian border. They check your QR code for your for your injections. Okay. Um, but no masks. And we went to the restaurant. I'm, I, I met a, a nice gentleman as a director, Dmitry uh, uh, Astrakhan. Like he's a famous Russian actor. That he, he came out, he saw me. We were on the bus together. He happened to be the loudest guy. <laughs> he was the loudest guy. And I was like, this guy is so obnoxious. He's so annoying. He comes up to me at the airport, start talking to me because I'm tall. You know, I, yeah, they notice you. Well, it, it, as you know, like I get to travel around the world and into end up in some interesting, uh, you know, scenarios. You look I ridiculous meet, in Japan. And I meet interesting people and I have wonderful conversations, but usually against my will. Yeah. <laughs> it's, not, it's not like really like. You're oh, not seeking them out. They're yeah, seeking you. Yeah, yeah. But. It's not a negative thing. You know how yeah. many, like, I, I met. You learn so much. I learned and I met so many, like, I don't reject it. You know, I know I have friends who, like, Elsa Tall or to them, it's like a bit, oh, I'm so difficult. Like, I can't just go into public. I love it. I seek this now. Not that I seek attention, but you never know what you can walk into. Yeah. And it, comedy writes itself. Like, it, literally 99% of my jokes, if not 100% of my jokes that I do on stage, I got from my life uh, experience. Life experience. Like literally, I tell stories of the things that happen, and people love it. To me, it's stupid. I hate my humor. 
Like I hate my jokes. I really do. Are you not happy with them? No, I, 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 it's not that I'm not. I'm actually happy with them. But meaning, like I find this because it's my everyday life. Like I don't find it interesting, but people love it because it's not their life. Okay, so you want to? Okay, so okay. like to me, it was a long, it was a long journey to overstep that, a long journey to overstep that to overcome this because like. I started doing stand-up just a little bit behind Guido, right? Like Guido brought me. That's who influenced me to go do stand-up. Really? Yeah. That's oh, it. that's not a good... Uh, <laughs> no, that's not good. Not a good mentor? <laughs> well, Joe Elias was the mentor. Okay, there you go. Okay. All right, Joe, that's better. He's like, Alex, let's go do Joe Elias's comedy club. I mean, the, the class. Remember the class, the class yeah, he yeah. used to do? Yeah. And, um, and I used to write all those smart, clever, political jokes and international jokes because, you know, I'm an international man of mystery and all that. And he was like, it's funny, but it goes over people's heads because then you put yourself in the same category as 10 other comics. And it's like, your jokes are too smart. The people there are having fun, had drinking beer, but you, you're not... You, you're talking about geopolitics. Well, it doesn't matter. Like, whatever, yeah. Like, your jokes, because you're trying to be... What's like, the deal with free trade? Exactly. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> and, and, yeah, you, you see, you get it. But he, um, uh, he's like, why don't you do a couple of tall jokes? And I'm like, that's so stupid. Why would I do tall jokes? Like, it's just dumb. And then I did a couple of tall jokes on stage and people just died. I didn't even go into a punchline. I just did a setup and people were rolling on the floor before I even got to a punchline. And I was like, okay, there's something there, right? So like uh, now, now I start to like my jokes because like I start to- have fun to, with yourself? I have fun with myself. I start to appreciate my life in a much different way. Like I'm thankful to the comedy for that. Like not, not that I disliked myself before, but I definitely was able to find this- better rhythm in life in terms of like life interactions in general and uh, welcoming life into my life from other sources you know oh, wait, but you're still young is there a chance you get drafted to the military in russia oh no it's past that age okay. well if i was there that that's actually part of the conversation like when i was there uh, all my russian friends says like why are you still here leave all my canadian american new zealand you know friends or uh, people from england would call me and say why are you still there? <laughs> Leave. And but it felt it felt good to stay there. And I'll tell you why. It it wasn't for reasons like, oh, I'm in the world. First of all, my family there. I didn't really want to abandon my family. My wife and my kids were here. I felt safe for my family. But my mom, my dad, my other relatives are there. My mom's Canadian. You know, I was kind of like, Mom, are you gonna come with me? <laughs> right. She's yeah. like, No, I don't feel unsafe. And it's sort of like, it's not the same. It's not the same, obviously, because like when the war in Iraq happened between US and Iraq, the US is so far away from the epicenter of the conflict. Uh, but, you know, I lived in US at the time. Nobody called me and said, what are you still doing in US? Yeah, they share a border, the Russians and Ukraine. Yeah, so yeah. it's, they, but it's not, there's no conflict on the Russian soil. So it kind of feels safe. Uh, but, you know, I'm a spiritual man and I felt that, a lot of people were afraid. A lot of my friends, and not a lot, but some friends ran. They went into like Turkey, Georgia, they were, because what you said, uh, they were afraid that they're going to get drafted. And um, so fear, right, for right reasons, <laughs> like it's yeah. not, they, they have proper excuses. Uh, and some people didn't have this ability. And they were confused and scared. Like, you know, nobody wants war because, you know, like you said, the borders are closed. Russians and Ukrainians are brothers and sisters. No matter what anybody says right now, we're all brothers and sisters. Let me, by let me tell you that 
I wasn't born, I, I was born in Soviet Union, and then I end up in Russia, and then Canada, and then US, New Zealand, and all that yeah. stuff. But, you know, I'm born on Earth. I'm of Earth. I drink water, I breathe air, I eat vegetables, fruits. Sometimes I kill animals and I eat animals. Well, I don't physically kill them, but <laughs> you know what yeah. I mean. But uh, for some reason, when we were born, we stamped with a birth certificate, a passport, a language, a culture, some kind of tradition, borders. And we have all those labels on us that somehow divide us from each other, right? And I've been lucky enough to live in on the earth and experience many places. And I see that what unites us all, and you would think what would unite us all, right? Like love, kindness, peace, like, you know, safety and security, well-being, abundance of health, wealth, like that's the things they want, but no. What unites us all is discrimination. Discrimination against tall people. This is the greatest part of my day. Exactly. So like everywhere I go, I bump my head. I cannot just buy a car. I have to choose a car that I can properly fit in. I think you started the war. Well, that's exactly it. That's that's another. There was another conspiracy uh, that I want to address. I didn't go to Russia for that. <laughs> you went right on time, though. I went right on time, yeah. I remember you sent me a message. It was a video of Putin's motorcade. Yes. And shit was popping off, and I was like, what the well, fuck It didn't happen. Like the motorcade I sent you was, like, in December. Okay. Yeah, actually, like, I kind of met. Uh, so I kind Did you meet started, Putin? No, but, uh, well, if that, like if, that, that. if that motorcade, if that motorcade. Uh, counts? Yeah, count, if that counts, yeah, I met Putin then. Okay, because yeah. <laughs> I would think Putin would meet an old athlete, a tall a giant of a man. I would think it's something that Putin would like to do. I'm not important. He's enough. a photo op type of dude. I'm not important enough. No? No, not he yet. He met Khabib. Yeah, he did, but uh, I'm not important enough yet. Can you explain the Chechnyans to me? Uh, what specifically? Well, the way we're told about Chechnyans is like they're the most hardcore Islamic uh, psychopaths to ever walk the face of the earth. The way we're told is like ISIS is like, oh shit, not the Chechnyans, bro. That's how they're described here in the West. Is that the case? Well, they're disciplined people, right? They are, they they practice their religion, which is Islam, right? So they, and it, it, to them, it's a, it's a, it's part of their everyday life. So it's a discipline. It's a spiritual discipline. Forget the the religion. I'm talking about the hardcore militaristic part. Another part of that yeah. is, uh, yeah, the tradition. They grew up in, uh, you know, like uh, where Chechnya located. It's, uh, it's sort of like it's uh, area of war conflict from ages ago. So it kind of like that's what I was talking about. When they're born, it's inbred into the blood like they train to be strong men to protect the land to protect the families to protect the country or you know yeah. the village or the city etc so it's bred into them uh, and that's uh, you know if it's it's done for peaceful purposes it's not a bad thing right <laughs> you, you the man should be able to protect his family I'm and his yeah i'm all for that, that but i saw a video when they were sending them into the ukraine and it well, was, they, it looked it's fucking not, crazy. Well, they part of the Russian Federation, Chechnya, right? So they, it's a Russian army. It's just from that region. It's like, uh, you know, Canada, Canada has an army. And, uh, well, did you hear? I didn't see it. I just read an article today that uh, uh, the ex-Canadian uh, military, Quebecer, the sniper, just came back from Ukraine. And oh. he's transcribing his experience. What is he saying? I... It's like atrocious. There's no, like, there was no. Uh, he didn't like it because uh, there was no discipline. Actually, 
Uh, the Ukrainians were, were not Ukrainian, disciplined. Not, not so much disciplined. There was no organization at all. That's dangerous. So it seems like um, seems like it's uh, basically he was saying it's basically like a money. Lo- I didn't. I don't know if you said it's a money laundering operation, but basically they had to go find their own fuel, the food. It wasn't supplied to them. <laughs> like he, they went to at the one point they went and like wanted to steal uh, some uh, military supplies to start their own unit and then. Oh, that's at, weird. at the end of the day, like everybody, uh, like six or five hundred people from the unit, uh, ran back to whatever they came from. So it's like um, even mercenaries <laughs> don't want to stay there, and mercenaries apparently get paid very well. Very well, yeah. So, and the mercenaries come from all over, right here. All over, yeah. Like like I said, from Quebec, there's few people that even went from Quebec. Are we allowed legally to do that? Am I, I'm allowed to just go fight in a foreign army for a bit as if a mercenary? You, if your government allows you to, yes. That's fucking weird. I think that's 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 a little strange. Well, that, that's 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 the whole point. I don't really know any of those people, but because I can't commit a murder here, uh, I'm pretty sure they but frown you can upon go that. Go across the border and yeah. kill somebody if you want. That, yeah, that's insane. Yeah. That that doesn't make any sense to me. But that's the whole point. Like, why don't we? Why do we? By the way, like our civilization is uh, war driven. Regardless, yeah. economy, science, it's all war driven, right? Uh, like we're kind of backwards in that sense. Like every. If, if you notice, like, all of our technology comes from the war times. Yeah. Um, I remember that. I remember the uh, technology of the American military is always minimum 10 to 15 years ahead of whatever fun stuff you're using as a consumer. So someone was trying to explain to me, like, 10, 15 years ago, they go, what are you using now? And it, it was the time when you're just starting to see, like, virtual reality mm-hmm. and video games. Like, okay, whatever you see now, you think that's cool? They're at least 15 years ahead. So if you think it's fun touching a screen right now, they've been touching screens, like little things like that, like the yeah. internet, the way it works, high speeds. Uh, so that's interesting to think of. Like how I, I just found out about the real gun, how real guns are supposed to work. Mm-hmm. That's insane. The, the electromagnetic. Yeah, the electromagnetic and the, yeah. the smaller versions and all. It's completely insane. It's Well, I would say some people say technology is maybe 50 to 100 years ahead. In military-wise, military than what we're going to get? That that's even crazier. Not so well, much. it is exponential, so you do have a point. Because yeah. the further we go along, the wider the gap is going to get. But it, it, it's even beyond that. It's like um, uh, the um, this military that we see on TV, right? And that technology is already 10 steps ahead. Yeah. Uh, but what about the stuff we don't what see? What about the stuff we don't see? And like that's what I'm saying. Like This word doesn't make any sense. Like, so, uh, right, have you... Like from the Russian side, is there talks right now of all right, guys, don't worry, soon this will be over, or yeah, it's supposed to be ongoing? It, yeah, it wasn't supposed to even. La- I, don't, I don't. That's the whole point. They didn't say how long it's supposed to last. They're not saying how long it's going to go, but they're saying something's going to get achieved. Uh, by the way, Poseidon here is probably going to get canceled soon because Poseidon is the name of the uh, Russian weapon that they just threatened U- uh, UK with. It's the under- well, they threatened the UK. I didn't hear this. Well, because UK is like uh, was having some nuclear talk, and it was on the Russian media. I was traveling. I was reading the blog, and it was on the Russian media that one of the TV personalities was saying, "Well, we have this weapon called Poseidon." <laughs> <laughs> there he is. He's, I like, would have died of laughter reading that. We have a weapon called Poseidon. <laughs> yeah, and I'm like, "Wow, let me hear more." Yeah. So Poseidon. He's uh, currently somewhere in North America. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Poseidon, what do you know that I don't? Yeah. <laughs> well, it, you know, like Pantelis asking me all those questions about uh, Russia and everything, but I'm just trying to see how deep this goes. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so the Poseidon is a weapon that it's like um, it's unmanned uh, underwater, so it's like a submarine type of like a torpedo kind of thing, but it moves something like 200 kilometers an hour underwater, so it's unstoppable. Uh, it's uh, even if you detect it, you won't be able to stop it. 
and like the the, the load that it can carry basically can sink UK completely. Just just that one weapon at all. Plus, like the Russians, they, they you know they did the um, uh, the weapon that the rocket test, the new nuke uh, delivery system, uh, Sarmat. They can basically also destroy it uh, with one rocket. Can destroy it one UK as as you know everything. That's fucking scary. Just thinking about that. Well, that's the point. Like when when people ask me, like, why why are you still there? It's kind of scary in the war. It's like, well, if if I'm gonna be like to answer your question, like when we're going back, like, well, you on the border, you know, the conflict there. Russians did say they're gonna use nukes, like they they yeah. war in the world. Like if something's not kosher, if we get attacked on our territory, we're gonna use nukes. More or less, they use that language, right? Yeah, I remember. So I'm I'm like saying, well, if if it comes to that, it doesn't matter where you're in the world. If it comes to well, that, it, maybe like okay, maybe South Africa or New Zealand or somewhere in there, you may avoid the initial hit. Like so, like what is the fear? And that's probably one of the reasons why I stayed longer because I realized if we're all gonna go, <laughs> we all it doesn't matter where you are, Canada, Russia, U.S. It's all gonna be on the ground. It's gonna be, it's gonna be bad for everyone. Um, so, do I you think he's serious? <laughs> I. <sighs> I don't even know what that means anymore. Like that's same, like him. I don't. I don't look at the world leaders that we know as world leaders as leaders. I still think that there's some other greater power at play behind all this. But even let's say the greater, let's say there's a greater power at play. The greater power at play would they risk themselves? That's what I don't get. Like if everything is destroyed, so are you. Maybe they know something you don't, and I don't. Well. Uh, you know, if okay, you want to talk about magic, right? So let's think positive. Uh, affirmations, right? You into affirmations and yeah. project positive into all this stuff. The same way, same way works in reverse. And if you notice, all those conspiracy theorists and like Alex Joneses and all that stuff, they're really, friend of the show, Alex Jones. Yes, Alex Jones will love you. But uh, you know, we. Um, like there's a there's a magic theory behind it that you project outwards, you know, you tell the masses what you're about to do and let them catch on to it. Like similar thing happened with uh, COVID, right? But like uh, you know, Georgia guided stones. You heard yeah, the about Georgia that? guided stones. I know, I know about right? those. Right, so yeah. the, it's, it's it's the same idea. They write the affirmation right on there, and you know, the yeah, we have to limit the world population to control them better. Yeah, yeah. and everybody is going to be so happy. Everybody's going to live in harmony with each other, and then. More you repeat that, more you throw it out there. More you of, believe it. More you believe into it, and more, or or you make it come into reality. By the way, that's not true. So if anyone's even thinking about that, uh, it's a hundred percent not true. Anyone that's willing to kill a certain percentage of the population is not the type of person that then's going to turn around and be like, "All right, now we live in harmony and we're all equal." It's never going to happen. If someone's willing to take a human life or millions of human lives. They're not the people who are going to be reasonable to deal with later. So we have to forget all that. Oh, like, all oh, they're risking because they know what they're doing. They do not. They don't care. These are sociopaths. I, I take it farther. I don't. I don't even think they're human. I've heard that. I. And I mean, like, honestly, you mean the way they act, not that they're yeah, legitimately. Like, well, like, I don't. I don't. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know what those entities are, but like, I've met. I don't know how many people I met in the world, but all over the world. All, all races, all nationalities, and I don't know anybody who's mentally correct, whatever that means, right? Yeah, like we're yeah. all a little fucked up. Yeah, we're all a little fucked up. <laughs> but I don't know anyone who wants to just like wakes up in the morning is like, 
today I'm going to go kill this person because he stole my newspaper or something. Yeah. Like, like, I mean, I'm sure... It's very I'm sure rare. It's rare yeah. in heaven, but those people usually have uh, some kind of issues. It's not like... Yeah, it's not a regular human it's trait. It's not a regular human yeah. trait, yeah. Uh, but like to get up and it's like, oh, we're going to limit Earth by 6 billion people. Like... What? You're gonna kill six billion <laughs> people? Six people, be, right? What level of psychotic you gotta be? Like, I don't know any human of capable of doing this. I don't know about capable of doing it, but Bill Gates has said similar things about reducing population, and all that, and just putting that out there to me is psychotic. For you to think that because you uh, you started Microsoft Word, that you can now decide that certain people should should be sterilized or poisoned or whatever your strategy is of reducing the population to me is insane i don't care how much money you have you you can't be the emperor that decides how many people should live and how many people should die well going back to our original conversation yeah uh, when you said like uh, you know when we're talking about how things are similar between soviet union and western world now in my experience traveling and connecting bill gates into this bill gates himself isn't going to come out and kill six mil- billion people He's going to, uh, and let's say Bill Gates uh, made this vaccine that's going to kill everyone, right? I don't think he makes vaccines. Well, though. whatever. He invested no. money into a company. Yeah, he but does But that's that. what I'm saying. So if he invests funds into companies, there's still some other people that carry out the bidding. Yeah. Right? So what I noticed uh, as I was traveling west <laughs> from Moscow, uh, everything was all right, uh, like, up until I got to Halifax, I had a, I didn't have a direct flight to Montreal from London. I didn't get a chance to get that ticket. And as soon as you land in Halifax, it's like World War, th- uh, like yeah. literally third world country. Like the airport decimated, empty. There's few stores, couple of restaurants open. I I had a really bad delay. Like I was supposed to get on the plane right away, but I had a delay for like six hours. It's like I haven't been in Halifax in twenty years. I'm going into Halifax, but I had some big carry-on bags, and um, you know, I was in Russia for five months. I had a yeah, lot of luggage. luggage yeah. So I was like, "Well, I'm gonna leave my luggage at the airport." They didn't have that service because of COVID. Yeah, yeah they, they had to close this, uh, and like, like start to notice little things. Um, um, you know, the mask. Uh, the ma- I know the mask will be done in the week in Montreal, and we're all happy about that. And the fact that it stayed this long, this long, and the most ri- dude, I cannot get over the fact that you can have the mask on, sit at a table. The second you sit on the table, now you take it off, take it. like as if it's magic. It's becoming a religious symbol. We were insanely stupid. Well, it's it, it, okay. So we know it's off next week. Yeah. Why can't you take it off today? I said the same thing. I go, what is the week? What are you people doing? And I like here. You saw me. I walk around. My, yeah. I know it's a show, so I'm not going to put it on. But there are some people that still believe, no, until the 14th, it's not safe. But then why would it be safe after the 14th? They're not asking the right questions. They just accept, accept, and then they question when things aren't going well. Like, why aren't, why isn't shit working? Because you keep saying yes to stupid shit. That's why nothing's working. Well, well also, like, uh, that's what brings the Soviet Union. Who enforced those things? Like, who's enforcing the mask in the store? It's not the police. No, it's the people. It's not let go. It's You're the doing people. it to yourself, yeah. You're doing it to yourself. Like, so... I literally don't put mask on because I lived the last six months of my life with no mask on. I just came for, I even flew with no mask on until you got to the Canadian Airlines. Then they make it. By the way, flying there on Air Canada, like I fell asleep and my mask slipped under my no- underneath my nose. I was passed out. It was a night flight. The flight attendant walked me up to lift my mask on. Kid you not. 
Brother, you're in the same fuselage. Like, God damn. What's up, Poseidon? Bro, I'm sorry. If uh, somebody woke me up just to put the mask over my nose, I'm getting arrested. Yeah. I don't give a fuck. Yeah. I'm throwing hands. Someone's getting hurt. Jesus Christ. Me. All right, calm down. Poseidon. So calm it down. Is, that is the secret. You're a flight weapon. risk. He is the secret We're not weapon. taking you to Atlanta with us. <laughs> Well, there's no masks on the flights now in U.S. Yeah, Thank at God. least take fly American Airlines, whatever they are. I understand we took some measures when we didn't know what was going on. I'm all for that because I'm the first to admit I was very scared in the beginning when this first started because I didn't know what was going on. I, I, think I'll I was admit the that. first. I think I was the first one to put a mask on because I was like, I, I don't know what's this about. <laughs> but I feel like if we're if we're using our brains a little bit, we're human beings, we have to be willing to adapt and learn the situation, right? So I know, for example, now uh, let's say fire. I know what to do in case of a fire. I'll get the fire extinguisher. Mm -hmm. That's going to be in case of a fire. If he says, fuck, I have a headache, I can't be like, I'll get the fire extinguisher. That's insane. We know that that's not what this is for. Use it for what it's for. So right now when we know how this works and also we, we're in the same fucking fuselage, you take it down to eat. This is all nonsense. We have to stop with the charade. Why? It's not helping anything. It's just making people, it's just making this psychosis be prolonged. Well, it's, but... Okay, so going back into the Soviet Union thing, right? And like how it worked then. Uh, it's the people themselves that enforced the party line, right? So the, um, and also things were destroyed like family unit, for example, like um, as a kid growing up hmm. before I became a pioneer, which is like the pre-communist thing you join, you know, like sort of Boy Scouts, communist Boy Scouts, okay. right? And everybody had to join because if you didn't join, you frowned upon because you're a bad student, you're a bad pupil. You cannot. How how dare you? you Why know, aren't you, you part of the you crew? Sh yeah. You're ashamed for your parents. You're ashamed for your country. It's it's horrible. Interesting. All right. So uh, we were taught stories like uh, uh, Pavlik Morozov. Pavlik Morozov was a guy who told on uh, told uh, to the commissars on his dad for being a bad communist, whatever oh, he did, that type of thing. And, what a those, rat. and those story and those people, those kids were elevated. And this is you should look up to that. You that's should what do. they're doing now. That's in the what States. they're doing right now in China. They're destroying the, the like the family. You the state is your priority and not your family. Not your family. Yeah. Your family. They're doing it in the US they're too. They're doing it in US and um I, I don't know what's the story in Canada really. Oh Canada they started doing it a while ago. <laughs> <laughs> well, I think Quebec might end up in the end being the last man standing. I think the rebellious nature of Quebecers might tune in at some point and be like, you know what, fuck off. Like, let us live. I think that's what might happen. They might push them too much and it might be the Quebecers that revolt. Do the do you think it's going to happen the same way like right now, Russia-Ukraine conflict that Quebec actually will eventually... No, I don't think it's going to be violent. Mm -hmm. It's not in the nature of the people here. It's mm -hmm. not their first instinct. I don't think it's going to be violent. I do think that um, culturally, though, something's going to shift. People are going to get fed up. Uh, and I know that Trudeau came out and said, Quebec will never separate. It's never going to happen. Stop talking about it. Uh, I wouldn't say that either because borders change all the time. Quebec has more of a case than a lot of the new countries that have new borders in the last 20 years. Quebec makes a much stronger case than most of them. So I wouldn't be so quick to say stuff like that. I wouldn't, especially to a, a place that has its own culture, its own natural resources. Um, I wouldn't, I think saying stuff like that will cause more people to get angry and get up and try to make more separatist movements. You don't think that would be the West, like the Wexit, the, the Alberta and all those? Them too. I think Alberta, look, Alberta has a case. If they wanted to, they could. I just think that culturally, they're way closer to the rest of Canada than Quebec is. So I think Quebec has that that down pack. Like, and also, we have everything here. There's natural resources. We're a port. We're a 
We're gonna be a port Seaport, nation, yeah. dude. The, the and we'll block all the way to. Can we, that's that was actually, you've seen Quebec's it right? We did yeah. the pilot, right? The, the idea there was that um, Putin back. That's see, we were ahead of time. We were yeah. like Georgia guides tones. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> right? of, of humor, yeah. <laughs> So me and Mike Patterson, I'm plugging Quebexit. So me and Mike Patterson came up with this uh, pilot. I think we did it for, uh, uh, was it the Just for, I might have been in Just for Laughs. I think we did it for Just for Laughs, one of the, like few years back. And the, um, the idea was that the Putin came down and he installed his people and uh, into a power through wrestling. So we use wrestling as a political tool because, you know, wrestling is real slash fake and both parties owned by the same manager by the big get paid but for the show purposes we get and th that's how i see the world yeah that's how i see the world quite literally so the idea was of the premise of quebexit is that the putin installs somebody to separate quebec from the rest Canada, of Canada, yeah. so and connect quebec through north pole to <laughs> russia build a pipe <laughs> build, build a gas pipe into the United States and sell gas into the United States and then charge like Canadians all the enormous amounts of money for the seaports and all that yeah, sort of yeah. stuff. So technically, that's what's going on in Ukraine right now, right? But uh, um, I think like what you're saying is it's interesting because uh, aren't we like for globalism for the past like how many years we've been like taught to globalism is a good idea we should all okay the i don't like globalism no i don't either but the do you know why i don't like globalism? i love the ability to go and see everywhere i want to i want to know everyone's culture i want to experience mm -hmm. it i'm very excited about that stuff what i don't like is i find globalism globalization the way it's working is it's having the opposite effect you're destroying other cultures um you, you're like no this is the new global culture if i go to india let's say for example i want to experience india i want to see indians i want to know about that i don't want to go there to have a big mac and to have them try to adapt to me that's great no we need different cultures you need different points of view you need that's what makes everything beautiful if i go to russia i want to see russians i want it to be russian I'm not gonna go to Russia so I can experience. Uh, you can get McDonald's in Manitoba. Russia. Well, like, well, now it's a bit harder to get McDonald's, but like. That and they make people second guess their culture. They make people think like, "Oh, I shouldn't be proud of what I am because I should fall into this." No, no, you should be proud of what you are. There's, there's people died. There was, there's thousands of years of history. Some countries, hundreds of years. There's the younger. So you're the Putin uh, supporter because that's <laughs> quite literally that's his argument. What's his argument? He hates what you just said. He hates globalization. Exactly. I'm all for hating globalization. It's exactly what you But I'm very anti-war, though. I'm a pa I oh, don't yeah, like yeah, war yeah. at no, all. No, no, no. Well, like I said, yeah. when we talk about like normal circumstances, nobody wants war. I've been indoctrinated by Hideo Kojima uh, when I was in my formative high school years playing Metal Gear Solid, and uh, I'm very, very much against uh, nuclear weapons. I'm very much anti-war. I don't think war solves what the leaders always say it solves because I don't think I have the power to take one life. I don't think I have the power. It's different self-defense. But I don't think I have the power to be like, you know what? I, I fucking like Alex's jacket. Fuck, it's going to be my jacket. I don't like people having... That's why I'm against capital punishment. Same thing. I don't feel like... The second you give people that type of authority that they could choose to end a life, we have all kinds of problems. So I'm very... I'd rather go to the negotiating table. Let's figure out how we can coexist, how we can... I do not like uh, violence. I, I don't like that at all. So because of that, I guess I don't fall in line with Putin. Uh, but I'm against globalization because I want there to be differences. I want cultural differences. I think we should celebrate that. You should celebrate who you are. Well, I shouldn't have to make you like me. The way Putin uh, projects his image to the people as well as the movement, uh, the way... I don't like conformity, basically. Uh, the way Putin is right now uh, uniting the country is 
on the message saying basically what you just said, saying that uh, the other side is evil and not Ukraine and uh, whatever the other side is. And they're saying that they're using Ukrainian people and we're there to liberate Ukraine. I didn't people. say any of this, but <laughs> no, 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 you didn't say <laughs> you insinuated. <laughs> no, 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 I don't know who's, I'm just saying, I, I don't find that war is the answer. I find that the people who benefit from war yes. are never going to be the people that are fighting it. No. So like Greece and Turkey, for example, yeah. long history, Cyprus, a lot of, they still have North, North Cyprus is still, still occupied. No one ever talks about that. Um, however, even though I'm a, like, I would love to, uh, for us to have our real capital, which is Constantinople. Mm -hmm. The Turks call it Istanbul. Mm -hmm. I can't just, even though I would love for that to be our capital as it should be, I cannot justify a war right now. You know why? Because even if we'd get it back, let's say we'd get it back right now via war, the people that would die would be regular people, regular soldiers, Greeks, mm -hmm. Turks, guys that just want to live their lives that had nothing to do with what happened years ago. And they would be the ones suffering. Those families, I can't, just because I want something, like I can't justify. I, 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 the ends don't justify the means. It, it, it's weird for me. I can't do that. I can't, why, uh, but why we divided, you know, to my original premise, why we divided into tribes? Because like- Tribes are not a bad thing. You need to protect yourself. You need to have, you need to coexist with people. Tribes are not the bad thing. The bad thing is that right now we've moved past sticks and stones. So we could embrace our differences or- we could go backwards and get violent about our differences. Conformity doesn't help anyone because it's impossible for everyone to fully conform. You're always going to have differences. For example, I'm straight. Mm -hmm. Wouldn't it be insane if I go to gay people and be like, you got to be straight because I'm straight. It's insane. They, that's what a crazy person would say. Mm -hmm. No, you don't have to conform. You have to be you. Embrace what you are and you coexist with everyone. Make it work for everyone. You can't just force your way on. It's, 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 it's a fucked up way to live. It's a fucked up way to think. That's why I don't like what the government is doing here. That forced conformity. If you don't conform, you're the enemy. And that's what leads people to justify wars because they think, well, these people are not conforming. They're different. Of course, we have to go to war. But also, government is not the one who's leading, right? So it's like the Boris Johnson example, mm. right? You conform to my message, but I'm not going to. Like yeah, what kind of messed up stuff is this? So it's see, which makes it worse. That's how you know that it's they know that it's nonsense, but they know that people are dumb enough to buy scared, into or it. Or scared enough. Or scared enough. Well, uh, it's like children, right? Like they treat us like children, quite literally. And to child example, if a child sits there with the uh, okay, you sit there with the phone. Where's my phone? You sit there with the phone all day long. You know, you play a game, you're scrolling for news, uh, social medias, etc. And then my daughter comes home from work, from school, and she has some homework to do. And like, and you know, my daughter is, has her gadgets. You know, she's, Obviously, civil, she's civilized. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> well, it's a different subject. We can get back to it. But I still want her to be disciplined about that. And because she actually exposed to that, you know, I know some kids like parents like, no, they can't. It's, this is the devil. You can't. It's going to destroy. But it's like, but well, the problem well, is, then your kid's going to be the idiot that doesn't understand how everything or, or works. Not even that. It's like when those kids are exposed to that, to them, it's like a black hole. They're like, oh my god, I can't believe what to do. My daughter doesn't have this kind of touch. Wonder, to this, wonder about this. She plays with it when she plays with it, and it's like, put it down, go do your homework. She does. But there's discipline involved. But if I tell her to put it down, like, why is you know why? Is, continuously playing with your phone while I'm playing with my phone continuously. Yeah, then she's like, well, she's isn't that what we're doing? She's not yeah. listening to my words. She's learning from my behavior. Yeah. So, like, that's what I'm saying. If the government tells us one thing, but they do completely opposite, 
Like this, that disconnect there. Where's the learned behavior there? You think that's, I'll tell you what shocks me. So we know the government, they do this. They say one thing to something else. Trudeau did the same thing. He had his parties with his, while they told everyone you can't go visit your family. What I find shocking are the people that defend that. They're so brainwashed. They go, no, it's fine for him. We need to adhere to what he's saying. He doesn't need to. That shocks me because I'm like, okay, if we're dealing with robots, if people are acting like robots now, then there's no way to win because I thought the victory would be the people getting together. If the people can't get together because some people still need a leader, they still need someone to tell them what to do, then we're, there's no way we're going to the future in the right direction. Well, that's why that individuality is like that uh, critical thinking is taken away from you. Yeah. You need to think like the rest of us. And that, that's I hate right. that. Well, that's, that's communism. That's how I grew up. Mm. Right? That's what I'm trying to tell you. This is Canada is way more cam communist now, in my experience, than Soviet Union was before it fell. That's the scary part. That's what scares me. Uh, this is my home. I lived here for 30 years on and off. Like I lived in the United States for 15 years. I went to school. I got to work there a little bit. And um, I'm a North American child. I spent three-fourths of my life, three-quarters of my life here in North America. I'm a North American. I have an accent, but, you know, who doesn't? Who doesn't? <laughs> I have an he has an accent. <laughs> who doesn't? Uh. But I consider myself not just, I, my French is horrible, but I consider myself a Quebecer. Right, this is this is me, right? And it scares me here because I feel I see the downfall. And like I said, I can compare like the thirty years that have passed and I just came to Moscow and Moscow's ravaged by war and the gas is fifty cents a liter there. And it's two dollars here. Like, <laughs> doesn't make doesn't make any sense. Doesn't make any sense to me. And um of course we'll make excuses. It's the COVID, it's this, it's that, and it's uh, but we, I do not, uh, I feel like the Western world is being destroyed intentionally now as the Russia was by Soviet Union and communism and all that stuff. So like the same pattern, the same, uh, uh, the same game is applied here. And we just pawns. Like when you play chess, we just, you know, you're the first one to go. Yeah. And the queen and the king, they usually don't die in the game at all. You try to protect them at all costs. Why? Right? Like even the games that we play, like chess, is kind of that. So I think everything that the whole world is designed for us to be divided, to bigger with each other, to find another case, you know, mask, no mask, vaccine, no vaccine. Swiss, not Swiss. Yeah, French versus English. <laughs> uh, Poseidon versus nuclear weapon. You know, yeah. that kind of thing. So they, we have we have this kind of divide thing that we focus on versus like, and okay, I'm going to get philosophical. Why all this? Like, what's the purpose of all of this? It doesn't matter what your spiritual or, you know, philosophical or cultural background. What's the purpose of me being here on earth? Look, I can't answer that. But what I will tell you is oftentimes what I think about, and not religious or just no matter what you believe in or what happens, because I don't know what happens when, when you die. But what I do know is that none of us are making it out of this alive. No matter what. You could fight as much as you want. You're never going to come out of this alive. Present company included, obviously. So because we're here for such a limited amount of time, you could enjoy yourself. You, that's what shocks me about us still having wars and killing people, murder, rape. That's what shocks me. It's like you can, you can make it better for someone else. You can make it better for yourself too. And no, you can't run away from it. You're going to die at some point. So at least let's enjoy this. It's limited. Why end it early? 
And you can't even take all of that stuff with you that None you None of earn. the shit you buy, you're going to no. take with you. No. Someone's going to inherit my studio. Uh, you have kids? No, not yet. Are you planning? Yeah, I want to have some, maybe adopt some. If I have uh, the economic means, I'd like to adopt a, cu- a couple from like a third world country. Are you going to adopt Poseidon? Um, <laughs> he's technically, you're. Ad- I've adopted you. I'm unadoptable. I- I've unofficially adopted I him. shit everywhere, bro. It's terrible. Stop. I'm, I- I- I'm his adopted father. Am I not? Uh, adopted older brother. Uh, he doesn't want to say that. Yeah. yeah. It's weird. It's I'm your weird. daddy. No. Hey. Yeah. No, oh, because it's incestual. I want to have. I want to have uh, kids, and I want. I would like to adopt some too. But and nowadays, right? It's uh, they make it feel like it's so scary to bring kids into the world. Yeah. No, I want to do it. I want to. Yeah, no, that's what I mean. Don't listen. Yeah. Do your thing. Do yeah, your thing. I am scared. Obviously, I see it's fucked up, but I want I want to do it. And also, I want to adopt because um, there's a, like, if you look into it, there's a lot of kids from around the world. That's all they're missing is they just love. Like, they're, they're, for one reason or another, it could be war. It could be their parents died, something, you know, they're orphans. Mm-hmm. And that's literally what they're missing. They're just, they're, they're human beings. They're there. They're kids. They have so much potential. And they're just missing enough people to be able to take them in, to adopt them and give them that life. And then it's your kid. That's your kid. But the government makes it almost impossible to do so. So this is why I'm saying in the future I want to be economically sound and stuff to be able to circumvent a lot of this. Because I have a buddy who's adopted two kids now. Mm-hmm. And it's from him that I know how difficult they make it to adopt kids, which always shocks the shit out of me. It's like, no, there's kids out there right now. And it's challenging. You know, it's much easier to go, let's say, well, you can't. Okay, I don't think uh, Westerners can adopt Russian kids now. I know. Sometime they haven't been able to, but let's say if you want to get a kid from Iraq, you should be able to. It's ten times easier to adopt a kid from Iraq than from Quebec. No so explain that to me. I don't know. I don't know. So I don't care where the kid is from. I don't care if he's from Quebec, Sri Lanka, or yeah. whatever. I just want to, uh, kids that need it. I like to adopt. But why you should make it simpler so that here you start lowering the case of like orphan children because they're adoptable. You know what I mean? And they stay within the community, the culture that they're used to. And then we start looking elsewhere and starts. The second you you put these weird barriers in, where you can't adopt a kid from here, but you could get one from well, China. You, you know the story with your friend there, right? With the whole protective child thing, services. How it's like basically a racket. Oh, it's a <laughs> right. So it's a racket and a half, dude. It's a so mafia. That's a mafia. So that's to answer your question, right? Somebody has to make money because they got to get all mm-hmm. those uh, tests and yeah, services yeah, yeah. involved and, and all that stuff. Huge payments. Huge payments. Yeah. Yeah, it costs arm and a leg to adopt a kid. It's it's easier to like. Uh, Literally, like, uh, wouldn't you like me to spend that money on this kid instead of you? And they're like, nah, 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 nah. Give no, us, no, give no, no, yeah, money. give me the money, yeah. give me the money. No, it's uh, a lot of injustice that I see in the world, but I okay, I'm I'm gonna do like a spiritual, not necessarily religious thing, but also what you see is the values are being uh destroyed where we focus on the values are that outside of some, some don't like. So, we talked, you know, we talked about how like. You don't want to kill anyone. You don't. You don't even want to hurt anyone. No. You don't want to steal. You don't want to covet their wife. You know. So I'm talking about Ten Commandments. Yeah. For example, but this right? this uh, this only applies to everyone who's not Swiss. By the way, I still maintain <laughs> my my rivalry with my nemesis, the Swiss. All of them. Uh, is it because of cheese? No, no. It's just a running joke that we have on the on the podcast where I I always shit on the Swiss for <laughs> I blame them for everything. And uh, that's that's you have a reason. I'll, yeah. I'll, stick, <laughs> I'll stick with that. Yeah. But but um, the idea is like, okay, so if you're not religious and you didn't go to church, your parents didn't go to church, somehow you still know it's not a good idea to, to do, kill people. To yeah. kill. 
but where does it come from? Like if we came, like if you talk about theory of evolution and we came from the cave, like tribes that we talked about, okay, we got to protect us, you know, kill or be killed, right? So it's either from the wild animals, you know, we started a fire, we got the cave, so I'm going to protect the wives and the kids and all that stuff. Yeah. And then maybe another tribe comes in, they see that we're becoming really successful, they want to come in and take our stuff. So you want to protect yourself from the tribe. But, you know, if, if we came from that and we bring murder from that where did we learn that it's not good to do so there's got to be something that we'll learn from well i think it comes from so you know how we became more empathetic we start understanding people like say different cultures and stuff i think it comes from empathy because the way i see it is i think of myself i would not like to get killed and to have my life end and then the people that i take care of the people that depend on me they lose that but it's so I don't want to do it to you because then not just do I end your life cycle so you can't achieve stuff that you would have achieved, all your goals, your dreams die with you, but also the people that depend on you. Now your family loses out on you. I can't, I can't, I wouldn't like that to happen to me, so I don't want to do it to you. That's uh, personally. So I would think that that's what it is with everyone, that it's just we've learned a more empathetic behavior. And you're like, man, I don't want to go to war with these. Like, I don't know these people. Why do I want, like a lot of soldiers when they were going to Iraq, they were saying that like, I don't know these fucking people. I don't want to shoot them. They didn't do anything to me. They're in another, like, I don't know what the fuck these people are, especially since we found out that the Saudis were funding the hijackers. And, mm -hmm. you know, you're like, what the fuck do these people have to do with it? If, if Saudis yeah. were. If. 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 I don't know. Do you know? I just know what they tell me. Well, exactly. So, example with this, like we can, 20 years ago it happened. A little bit over now, right? Yeah. And the story is already like this, right? We already oh, don't yeah. know. We really don't know what happened. But I can tell you, I know Building 7 didn't get hit by a plane. I know that too. And yet it still collapsed the but same way. But it still way. collapsed the same way. Interesting. Right? It's yeah. interesting. It's interesting. And uh, so, that, like, if you just have to look in into conspiracy theory for yourself, like, 9-11, Building 7. Just look into that. That's it. And you're like... Oh, that's how you fall into a wormhole. And then you just like start digging, digging, digging. Just you know the problem in. is that is... Look, whether you want to say it or not, it's not. It's 100% suspicious. You could make up whatever excuse you want. It's super suspicious. However, the problem with looking into it, you can't stop there. So you have two choices. One, you have to start denying everything. Close your eyes. You're like, this is too crazy. Or you fall into it and now you start going into every conspiracy theory and then you actually become crazy because there's a lot of crazy shit out there. So you know what I'm talking about, Sam? You can fall in a wormhole. Yeah. It's, it's, but all is fake. Yeah. All is fake. All is fake. The only thing is real right now is this room. Yeah. And uh, four people that sit in here in this conversation, that's the only thing is real. Like even based on the example that you said earlier, uh, we just know what happened like the, with the whole idea with the, uh, uh, the last lockdown and the curfew. Yeah. They just gave you the piece of blank piece of paper and said, "This is why we did it." Yeah, with nothing, nothing on, on it. it yeah. With nothing on it. There's redacted. No, redacted. There's no transparency yeah. in anything. So, even though like this, it should be justified. You should be able to tell me to, why. Yeah, why you did it. Yeah, and, uh, and why you broke the law? Because that's breaking the law. I have, I have free. I have rights that and, you took away from me. Yeah, yeah. The, the freedom isn't granted by a government. It's your natural right. There you go. But, but the, the government can take it away, which is where this weird stipulation is. And that's why I think people should be fighting for their freedom a lot more. You're giving the power to someone else. You're giving your neighbor the ability to what? To come over, lock you in. Why would you give that ability to someone? You see what they're doing in China? They, I, they just basically... They're physically locking they're them physically in. physically locking them down. Yeah. People jumping off, killing themselves... By the way, this is true. I saw uh, when they were killing the animals. That's why I got really pissed. The dogs. If you were infected with COVID, you saw those videos. Yeah, they were killing you, though. They were not, killing no, you. No, not even if you infected. They just collected all the pets and killed them, regardless. As a punishment, As because a punishment. it was the cases were rising, which yeah, is yeah. insane. Um, 
set story. I'm not going to. What's up, Asana? You know why I think some people give away their freedom willingly? Let's mm. say we take uh, the farm, for example. The sheep doesn't have the claws or the fangs to defend itself. They rely on the. Are you, were you reading Animal Farm? <laughs> I, I started reading ah-ha, it. Ha-ha. <laughs> That's one of my favorite books. Yeah, yeah, yeah. let's discuss I it. I started reading I it. I read it to my it. dog because I wanted her to know what's up. <laughs> I wanted her to know what's I swear to God, we read it to her. Yeah. She was looking at the whole time, little in little spirits. Like, well, you got to know what's out there. <laughs> my kid right now. Yeah, because you're, you know, you're, you're protecting it. I'm a good dad, yeah. You know, so like as a sheep, let's say. Yeah. You're like, fuck, bro. If I walk out there, I'm dead in like 30 minutes. You know, whereas yeah. opposed to, you know what? I could live like 30 days, I don't know, 30 years, still live a, like an okay life. Y- y- you feel me? You feel- y- here's the thing people will say, well, if you care so much, why don't you go into politics and change things? It is so difficult to change things. Even United States of America presidents weren't able to do it. Fucking JFK. Did all kinds of shit. He was banging models. He was fine. As soon as he passed an executive order to basically get rid of the Federal Reserve and use silver mm-hmm. as uh, the standard for their economy, he was shot in the head. So there are clearly people that you cannot fuck with regardless of the position that you hold in society. So already there you see that it's not as simple as running for an election and going, you need everyone to get together at the same time and be like, we don't accept this. Which brings the original premise. If you're gonna like, uh, you know, the now legacy media and all the politicians saying it's a, you know, now it's a popular word. It's the Putin, Putin's fault. Yeah, Putin is the same category as the rest of those politicians. He's not some uh, magical figure that uh, runs uh, Russia solely by himself. It's still all part kinds of, of people around. All kinds of people, oligarchs, like, uh, oligarchs, yeah. and who knows who's behind oligarchs and all this other stuff. Like I said, they still, even with the war, war efforts of World War Three, like face it, it's definitely a global war. This is not a Russia against Ukraine, hundred percent. Like if you still think it's Russia against Ukraine, we're still paying two dollars at the pump we still, right now. Yeah, there's yeah, the, yeah, yeah. we're all. Yeah. But Russians selling gas to the animals. I mean animals. <laughs> yeah, to Animal the animals, farms. Animals. And the crazy part is, this is the crazy part. You know what Russians complain about now? The infrastructure that we have to sell, you know, the pipelines to sell natural gas into Western world is way more developed than the infrastructure that we have internally. So a lot of jurisdictions in the country don't have access to the natural gas. And the thing is, like, the excuse is, like, well, we can't stop selling gas because there's no way to store it. Either we sell it and get money for it or we just or waste it or, or we just let it expire, <clears throat> right? So we just waste it. So the idea is, like, so you spend billions of dollars building pipes into Germany, but you couldn't spend millions of dollars building local pipes into local jurisdictions. And instead of wasting, you give it to people for free. Poseidon? <laughs> that's, that's another point, right? Um, but... Again, like as long as we kind of live in this uh, world where we build illusions where uh, this person controls this and like we build those, uh, you give away your power basically, right? You give away your agency, you give away your freedom, you give away your free will to some higher power and continue to be divided by choice. Like I'll give you a good example. I'll give you a good example. I... um, I didn't know what racism was. Like, I, I don't I don't believe... Oh, it. I'm going to teach you. No, I know. Please <laughs> teach me. But uh, I know now. But uh, <clears throat> the uh, I didn't know what racism was till I came to North America. And it's like, well, you're Russian. But it's exactly that. Like Because there, everyone was the same? Well, it, communism, right? It's diversity. That was one of the things that was uh, like, we all the same. Yeah, the diversity same. doesn't exist. You can't be diverse. So I'll give you an <clears throat> example. Like, when I was watching Lethal Weapon, uh, oh, I 
as soon as I came to Canada, I went to school in the United States to play basketball, obvious reasons. And um, the You're uh, black. It's exactly that. And I, I, the only white person on the team was always a coach, right? And the, um, uh, you know, I, I start making friends and they're like, you know, what, what movies do you like? I was like, oh, I love uh, the, uh, you know, Lethal Weapon. He's like, oh, who's your favorite actor? I was like, uh, not Mel Gibson, the other guy. He's like, the other guy, you mean the black guy? And, and it literally it. didn't register in my brain that the other actor was b black till I watched it again. I was like, yeah, you're right, he was black. In your head, they were just all Americans. Well, it didn't matter. Like, I didn't perceive the differences. I knew there was a taller guy, but I didn't perceive the difference in color. What do you and mean? It, I didn't notice color. That's what separates us. Now, since I live in North America, now, like, I was like, oh, the Asian guy black guy so before what separated you in your mind was more like there's the soviets and there's everyone else like the west like you saw them as westerners no even then like maybe i'm different maybe i didn't have this uh thing like it was always like kind of i think the divide felt always more in north america for me like even when i came to um us and i really had a good time uh, going to school in the united states i went to school outside of philadelphia in delaware county current lohara uh catholic league um and it was amazing experience. The people were so kind and so tentative. But every time we would get in some kind of friendly argument, they'll be like, who won the Cold War? Like, shut up, basically. <laughs> don't, don't, don't say anything. And when I would play basketball, and we had a really good team, it was a very competitive league. And, like, to me, it was a unique experience because on the high school level, you get, like, 10,000 people in the stadium. Right? Like, it's insane, right, on the high school level. And... Um, you get to play and you get like to the foul line to shoot free throws and you get and the, whole, you. the whole gym ch chanting USA, USA. That was so cool. That was actually like, I would feed off that energy. Yeah, obviously that's amazing. And I felt proud, like proud to be in that environment. Like I knew what they were doing is just whatever. It's like they cheering, it's a game, it's sports. Like now we made sports political, you know, yeah, Russians yeah. are banned everywhere. But at the time I thought it was like a really cool thing. Like I didn't feel like an enemy, but in, yeah. in, in athletic terms I was. Nowadays you cannot do that. That's insensitive. You cannot cheer USA. But to me, it was always puzzling when, the, like, like, I went back into the question, like, who actually won the Cold War? Like, to me, Cold War was the West against communism. Okay, so Soviet Union fell, but then we built a Walmart in every city, right? And China is basically 90%, you know, 90% of China is in Walmart, if not yeah. more at this point. Uh, and China is the biggest communist power in the world, like one of the great economies, I think maybe number one economy at this point. So who actually won the Cold War? Like, so like, how's the history? Just because somebody tells you, again, going back to a conversation, somebody tells you one thing and you believe in it because you trust the source. Yeah, uh, you make a very good point because, and also here we conflate the differences, like, oh, we're not communists or socialism. And so people are, um, they argue semantics but they don't see, and I've mentioned that too. I go, well, the Cold War was supposed to be won by the West. It was supposed to be for freedom and everyone's got liberty. And then communism is leading the charge in the world right now. We get all our products for capitalism from communism. We exploit slavery, communist slaves in China, in order for us to live a capitalist life, which I'm all for capitalism. But I mean, we should be willing to take the hit and build shit here and not have to exploit communists 
or and have them exploit us too because they're exploiting their own people for economic gain. But they China has turned. China has changed. Uh, industrial levels, I think, twice in the last 20, 30 years. They're way ahead of everyone else now, the way they're building. Um, over what? I, I, don't, I thought communism was, which I believe communism is wrong. I hate communism. But then why are we so hand-in-hand hand with them and allowing them to dictate terms uh, for everyone on the planet? Because all those things that you're listing and I'm talking about are just the tools to divide us and to make us believe that one party, like it's Democrat versus Republican, uh, liberal versus conservative. But really, it's everyone versus communism. Well, that's why you should watch Quebexit, right? I'm continuing to pitch this. No, it's it's literally it's literally that it's 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 both parties run by the same interest, which is not yours and mine. You know what I mean? Like, like ironically, really, yeah. ironically, right? And uh, I, I, I felt strongly about like at one point in my life, maybe I should run for politics. But then you understand, like you would have to blow somebody like multiple times, and maybe even literally. Yeah, like, or they just won't. They'll do everything in their power. They'll make stuff up. They'll if they can't find any real dirt that will change people's minds, they'll just make stuff up. And especially now with deep fakes and all that, have fun arguing your whole life that that's not real. Or there, there's too much at stake for them to not uh, fight against you. Because you're talking about there's people that have uh, embezzled funds. There's people that have done some crazy sex shit. There's too much at stake for them to just sit back and let you take over. It's not going to happen. Yeah, I don't want to end up on Hillary's suicide list. There you go. You, know, you like, need – the only way – I'm telling you, the only way is it has to be a collective movement is if everybody decides, no. If police officers say, no, that – I'm not enforcing that. That's crazy. We're all not enforcing that. That's absurd. If um, – same thing, doctors, nurses, uh, city workers, everything. No, no, no. This is what we're playing with. We're not – we're ignoring you. You're one guy who said this. Well, we're not adhering to it, so – Fucking enforce it some other way. Same thing at war, right? Like if both sides of the conflict just say, I don't, wanna, I don't want to kill my brother. Yeah. Have fun. How are you going to do it now? But that's going back to the thing. Who's enforcing? It's always it's, the it's, same it's, people it's, doing it's, it. But but it's us. We playing alone. They told us to wear a mask. We've happily put it on. They told us to get a shot. We happily put it on. They told us to do something else. We happily did it. Well, we have that trust. So let's say with the shot, right? Before like the Pfizer documents came out and this and that. We were told the opposite. We were told about how safe it was and how no nothing's going to go wrong oh, and how effective it is. Well, and this, if you listen to Justin, that's still the same story. He even though the actual documents themselves say the complete opposite. Yeah. Uh, even though the stats now say the complete opposite, they're still regurgitating that. So people didn't do it because they're stupid. People did it because we thought, oh, the government, why would they lie to us? We voted for this guy. But He's else, looking out for our But interest. also they didn't do it. A lot of people who did it, even if they had a doubt, they didn't do it for the health reasons. They did it for job reasons, yeah. job security, travel. Um, I don't know other other things. Life, peer pressure, <laughs> peer pressure, going to a bar. Yeah, you know th those kind of things. Uh, it wasn't like even the people that made a choice to get a vaccine, they didn't get it. You know, a lot of my friends in the uh, um, movie industry, they had to get it because movie industry was the worst with that in yeah. terms of like, you don't have a shot, you can't work. Yeah. And a lot of the people in the movie industry rely on any kind of job. Like sometimes you work for like three months and then you don't work for two years. Yeah, <laughs> right? yeah, like crazy. So every, yeah. every job counts. And uh, like when you're in the position like, well, do I take this job or do I, you know, so I need the shot. You can't go around it. And I don't like, that's coercion. As coercion, well, that's what I mean. So, like, there's no, there's no freedom. And then they're like, "Well, you, you, you don't like, you must don't, you must not like your grandmother." Yeah, that's a weird <laughs> argument to make. 
because <laughs> you could still catch it. You could still give it. None, none, none of what you're saying makes any sense. Make any sense, right? And um, but it's supposed to be for you. But it's like supposed you to be said, for you. two years ago, that wasn't the information that was available, and I think that's why people went along with it uh, more readily because um, they were scared. They were yeah. genuinely scared, and the fear got exploited. The same way the fear is being exploited now in between Russia and Ukraine. Uh, on both sides, on both sides, like uh, to say, like I'm not here uh, to uh, defend Putin by any means, and not here to uh, defend the conflict by any means. But I'm gonna uh, also tell you the people on the Russian side, like in my experience that I met people, they're not like, okay, let's go kill Ukrainians. It w- it's like nobody wants to war. Yeah. Nobody wants to war. Um, but it's being exploited. Uh, by people i i remember playing basketball when iraq thing happened um no it was afghanistan first because i was still in college and when um, it was march madness and i remember that's when uh, uh, the americans announced they're going into afghanistan and i had a we like between the games we like cinderella story so i'm all into the i'm about to go get tested for uh, drugs i'm when was the last time I smoked? Yeah, you're a giant. Yeah, <laughs> they're gonna test you for everything. <laughs> yeah, like so, like I, those are the kind of things. Soviet I was steroids. About. <laughs> yeah. yeah. So the uh, uh, this uh, you know they come in to take interview from me, and I'm thinking it's like, oh, I had a good game, <laughs> and this guy asking me my um, war affiliation, what are you know being Russian, and since you know U.S. is going into Afghanistan, how do I feel about that? Are you happy the Afghanis are finally getting where you guys couldn't give well, them? Well, basically, <laughs> an like, ass whooping. <laughs> I'm like, and that that was like a major, major news outlet. I don't. It might have been like, uh, I don't know. I don't. I, I don't remember what was the newspaper, but it was. Uh, what the fuck does European like New York Times like? What yeah. the f- college kid playing basketball? Like I'm, I'm literally. I know I'm 21 or whatever. My it's like I'm not really a kid, but I am a kid at 21 years old playing basketball in college. You're still kind of a kid. I may have some, uh, some uh, uh, you know, life experience, but what the fuck do I have to say about war in Afghanistan? Yeah. Why would why would my opinion matter just because I'm Russian kid playing basketball? Because the and, Russians fought the Afghanis. Yeah. Well, but why me? Like, how does it? And it like made the headlines and everything, whatever. And I don't even what remember. What did you say? I, war is bad. Good, you know, like <laughs> I, I support that statement. <laughs> like so, like uh, I, not not maybe. It's, it's a, I don't remember specific words, but that's what I was saying. It's like I don't support the war. Like war yeah. is bad; people are gonna die. That's I remember saying it, and I remember that the uh, I don't support the war. Yeah, and the, the I don't remember the journalist wasn't happy. He kept asking me like the questions, like in, like he wanted you to be like, I support. To, like to say like somehow like well maybe it's a good thing to go kill the terrorists, you know, like that kind of yeah. Thing. But that's not uh, it's difficult, yeah. Right. So like as, as a kid, like I I knew right away. Even then, I felt like that wasn't kosher. That was like this is this is not right. And propaganda propaganda and everything is a manu- manipulated this way nowadays even more so like uh you know it's crazy like everybody's like obama this obama that the first thing obama did he signed the propaganda act he allowed the now the legacy media to spew propaganda it was no longer illegal it's now becomes legal so everything you see on tv you gotta assume right away it's propaganda because obama did this yeah it's, I don't the, know about it's this. the first act he signed that's literally the first act he signed I didn't bring that up. I'm curious about that. You didn't know. I think no. I think the uh, 
first thing he signed is to sign his personal documents. I knew about Geithner. I knew about all the people he had with him, and uh, I knew what, you know what he was up to later. But I didn't know about this. Yeah, he made he made that legal again uh, to to project propaganda on American people. Fragile legacy of Barack Obama. I don't. I don't type know. in. Uh, no, what type in uh, Obama Propaganda Act. It. It says here that he did not. He said U.S. But it's Google, and it's the first law. Of course, they're going oh, yeah, to. Go to the there. second one. Let me see this. Oh, they're going to say he did, and someone else did. Click on it. It's on the right. So I'm U.S. Sorry. repeals propaganda ban. Okay, propaganda. Also, ban. he repealed it. So spreads government made news to Americans for decades. A so-called anti-propaganda law prevented the U.S. government's mammoth broadcasting arm from delivering programming to American audiences. So he, they got rid of that. Hold on, go back though. But did Obama do this? Go back to Google. I don't think I'll. Go to the third one. Yeah, twenty for thirteen. That would be Obama then. Yeah, that was Obama then, but it wouldn't be. For, he came in in two thousand eight, I think. Uh, says uh, President Barack made it legal for the media to purposely lie. Okay, okay. So they're trying to know what they say. He didn't make it go down. Oh, so, I see. oh, I see what you're doing. Yeah, the words. Yeah, yeah. So yeah, now yeah. it makes me think that he did. Yeah, I hate politifact. Uh, let's see. The post was flagged as part of Facebook. No, no, go down. No, Obama didn't. What, what did he do? Go down. Go down. Poseidon, what are you doing? Down. Yeah. Uh, let's break it down. First, Obama didn't quietly sign it. Oh, oh. what is HR four three ten? That's it. Google that. No, that was open. No, he didn't open. He did it publicly. The Smith Modernization Act instead reversed restrictions on news program funded by the U.S. government. Oh, that's it. He did. Oh, fuck. <laughs> That's amazing. It's the way they phrase it. Yeah, you were correct. Yeah. For a second, I thought I was spreading fake news. No, uh, they could make it seem that way. But that's the problem I have here with Canada is that people forget about the CBC. They're like, we need the C. The CBC is propaganda. I hate the way they fucking frame shit so manipulative because yeah. it, it, it makes it sound... Oh, they're fucking pricks. Yeah, it's okay. That's what they do what they got to do. They got to make their money. Well, yeah, like CBC is 100% propaganda here. It's They can't say anything because they're getting funded by the current government. Well, what's worse? What's worse is that um, they want they actually get extra funding, right? And for them to get extra funding, they got to do the bidding. Mm-hmm. Of course, how can they talk about the mouth that you know the hand that feeds it? Yeah. So the, the um, and it's the same thing goes for all government outlets. Like um, I don't know. Do you, what do you even read now that comes from some kind of legacy media? What do you read? Like, the, uh, are you reading any newspapers from Montreal? No, I make fun of them. And I, when I do, I know that, you know what's crazy? is uh, I've said this before. I learned that journalists, when I was young, journalists were noble people going into wars. I was trying to uncover the truth. As I got older, there was some stuff I was like, nah, that seems more like opinion. Not You're not reporting the facts, right? But I didn't think about it too much. When I realized that there's legit fuckery was because of sensationalism, because uh, of Mike Ward. Mike Ward, there yeah. were times when we were together. So there were times where I knew that the report was fake. 
I knew that the report, because I knew what they would say. I, I remember with C.J. there was stuff that they would write that was blatant lies, and I knew that it was blatant lies. I was like, why the fuck would they write that? That's untrue. That's skewed a certain way. They're playing with words. So when I saw that, that's when I, I stopped liking journalists, is because of that, because I had to, I lived through it. I remember when we went on Rogan, I still say, they, they had a whole thing here where they were only talking about Mike Ward, instead of saying, you know, it's on Rogan, you know, too much all comics, it was a big thing. Uh, he said the Hells Angels, all they talked about was that the Hells Angels were good people. It was like a three-minute thing in a two-hour podcast that we had said the story of Mike when uh, he goes, uh, the Hells Angels, uh, they had, I think when they found out that he was getting death threats, they went and protected him, and he found mm -hmm. out years later, like they put like two guys at the end of the street, and then he goes, you know, like the cops too, like they have a brotherhood, like they have a code, you know, cops do the same thing, they have mm -hmm. a code and they take care of each other, people are not as bad as you think, and then he said, the, Mike Ward says the Hells Angels are good people, like the police do the same type of thing, they were just sensationalizing instead of, you know, taking out of context. So I saw that they do that. That's what they do. They do that all the time. So I don't trust them. I try to, I say, do my own research. I, I like to ask people. I like to bring people on. So let's say if they're saying this is happening in hospitals. I remember doing the numbers of COVID. What I would do is I would check in all the time. I, I know three people that work in hospitals, a doctor, a nurse. So I would call mm -hmm. and ask. And then I would get a lot of times different answers mm -hmm. to what the news was telling me. I was like, oh, that's fucking, that's interesting. Well, like uh, even like, um, Percentage of uh, nurses being ejaculated. It's a high percentage of male yeah. nurses getting ejaculated. So, like, a uh, 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 percentage of nurses being, like, my friend, she's a nurse, and yeah. she's like, they would get a, uh, to persuade to get uh, waxed, they yeah. would tell them, this many nurses got waxed, you should yeah, get yeah. two. And she's like, they would say, like, only 3% left. So yeah, yeah, one yeah. Of them. But she's like, on my floor alone, there's at least 30% of us that are not. So how are you going to tell me that's 3% where I know physically that it's not? You know, like a good, for the people, like if, I know there's so much information, you cannot trust any of yeah. that. But I think my go-to guide, if the, because comment sections are everywhere now. And this is where I, I don't yeah. even read the article. I go straight to the comment section now to see. What people like, are thinking. Well, not even that, to see if it's propaganda or if it's they're really putting out some kind of information out there. Yeah. Because if it's a propaganda source, there's no comment section. Oh, at CBC, they do that. Yeah, they take right. out the there's comment no section. There's no comment section. Oh, yeah. it's blocked. They, if, or a YouTube video. Because they don't want you to say the contrary. Yeah, they want to say the contrary or something like this. To, 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 or like put a, even though they can moderate the comments as well. And like, I think Montreal Gazette, or also look by like, I don't even know how Montreal Gazette's still in business. Because you would think like, they most of the comment sections open, but there'll be like one, two comments at most. And the whole newspaper, right? Like I'm talking about the yeah. electronics, electronic one though, on the website. There's no interaction there. So who's reading that? How does it still function? Yeah. Or well, the answer is it's being funded. It's being funded and um, maybe people who advertise on it aren't aware that it doesn't have the, some people are not aware that regular, like legacy media, let's say newspapers or even TV, daytime TV here on regular cable mm -hmm. doesn't have the reach it does. I remember when they canceled breakfast television here, mm -hmm. when they had given the number of viewers they would get, it was pathetic. You remember this, Poseidon? It was like 3,000 people. It was pathetic. There are podcasts that uh, in the waiting room have more people when they're going live than weekly viewers of that show. It, it had zero pull, zero power. So I think when the numbers came out, people were like, well, how the f we can't justify selling ads. You can. And, the, uh, well, I think what Rogan's podcast alone, like, 
combine the next 10 yeah, dude, you ten shows together still don't reach his no. uh, numbers because people are tired. I've already said this before. People are tired of feeling like there's an agenda. You're trying to bullshit them. They want to have people talk, debate, uh, share ideas, learn new things. I think people are just tired of getting spoon-fed nonsense. You think people are a lot more open now than they were pre-COVID, like you know, pre-9/11, pre-COVID, like the. COVID I think people are more open now to. Um, conspiracy theories not in believing conspiracy i think they're more open to the idea that there's fuckery afoot i 100 percent believe that because uh i know people who were they had complete different opinions a year and a half ago about everything about the vaccines about what's happening and then now living through a lot of questionable stuff they've changed they're like oh fuck that is that doesn't make any sense I don't know why this, I don't know. So now they're questioning, like, well, what's the point of that? Why would they lie? Why would they do this? So I think more people are opening. I don't want people to fall into conspiracy theories because then you go into a rabbit hole and you believe anything and you you just become paranoid. And it doesn't help you to become paranoid. But I do think you need to be cautious and figure out that there's people out there whose, whose agendas, the goal of their agenda is far more different than your goals in life. So let's say the government right now here, they're pushing for conformity so that they can stay in mm -hmm. power, they can help their friends gain wealth. None of that benefits you. You're actually at the bottom of that. They need you to conform and get squashed down so that they can rise up. Mm -hmm. Clearly, you have two goals that are drastically different. So you can't allow them to dictate the terms because they're going to go against you every time. I, if I'm playing against you basketball... I can't make a rule where, okay, look, since you're taller than me, every time you score, you know, it's two points. If I score from within the key, it's nine. If you allow that to happen, you're fucking yourself over. Because believe me, I'm going to find a way to just get, get in there and score nine well, pointers. you just described my life in the, like on a dime. Like <laughs> I go to buy a car. I can't get in a nice compact car because, you know, it, it's good on gas. I just don't physically. Yeah, don't well, fit. even if I fit in it, it's not comfortable thing and then nobody can sit behind me yeah, I can't, yeah, I, yeah. like right it's not and i gotta get like a, a truck which is right now it's not economically feasible no it's not a and it's, it's evil and it's evil it kills yeah. the earth and everything yeah. right so the uh um the idea that you know the greatest evil on earth is still discrimination against tall people and that's that's what <laughs> that's I said. what we're coming I'll, back I'll to stick, i'll give you, you want a cons conspiracy theory yeah okay so i worked in new zealand Right when everybody was on lockdown, a goddamn orc. Yes, yes. You should have played I, a tree. I was not an orc, and I wasn't a tree. I'll tell you that much. Okay, but I cannot tell you more. Than ah, that. that's it. Okay, but there's a, there was a, you know, happy times. There was no COVID. You know, no mask, no social distancing. Everything. Open. But New Zealand overdid it. Uh, I'm not. They went going, full I'm, draconian. I'm not, I'm not going into that. Yeah. Like, and, but New Zealand is better now than Canada. You can't fly out out of New Zealand without being waxed. You cannot out of Canada. Get the fuck out of here. That's so they went full draconian to, all right, let's back up. And then here we just kept... Uh, yes. Yes. In New Zealand accent. Yes. Right. So <sighs> the, the idea is... So I work for corporation, Amazon. I can't talk nothing. I had a good time. But the moment, the moment Amazon lives uh, in New Zealand, that's when they implement COVID restrictions. COVID all of a sudden comes to New Zealand somehow, even though they were still on the same, like nothing changed. They're still on the same MIQ policy, you know, like the two week, um, yeah, yeah. Uh, the, the, the two week quarantine at the hotel and all this other stuff. All of a sudden, somehow this new, 
you know, Omicron or whatever comes As in. soon as Amazon's out. As soon as the Amazon's out. And where's the Amazon go? It goes to UK. As soon as it comes to UK, UK drop. drops the restrictions. <laughs> follow Ooh. the money is what they told me. Yeah. All right, look, we're going to give people a chance to follow the money. Before we go, uh, Alex, the links are all in the description, but where do you want them to follow you? Where are you more active online? Uh, the answer is... Pick one. All your links are in there anyway. Yeah, but let's, pick do, one. Let, 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 let's try Instagram. Let's, okay. let's do Instagram. That's where the kids are at. Yeah. That and Tickety Talkity. Yeah, I, I was thinking about uh, branching out into TikTok. And, uh, but Instagram... Instagram. Uh, I'm gonna con- I'm gonna continue to develop maybe my YouTube channel as well. But um, yeah, follow me on Instagram. I'm gonna post some interesting videos from my journey, hundred percent. And uh, there's some cool announcements to come. I am involved in some productions that will be really funny. Good. And uh, I, I'm I'm in Montreal for a few weeks, so I'm gonna go do some stand up. Come see People me. Come see you. Yeah. Come see me to do stand up. I will put it on Instagram as well. So look, Alex the Russian, thank you for coming. I'm very glad that you're anti-war. I'm very glad that you don't hate the Ukrainians. I'm very glad that you like. The I love peace. Ukrainian people. My Ukrainian people. I love you. I love you so much. Uh, um, whatever you're going through, um, I'm, I'm sorry you have to be in the middle of all this. And uh, uh, stay strong. We'll all get through that. Nice. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50% to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns.